Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. Creekwood is growing and we are so excited about the Future West Campus. If you're interested in learning more about the building project, visit creekwoodchurch.com beyond or click the Beyond button on the Creekwood Church app. We hope this message inspires and encourages your faith. My name is Joe Bradish and this is my wife, Cody. We started a new life group in the fall of last year. One of the main things that sort of knocked me away from life groups, I thought it was for people that were, that could quote scriptures off the top of their heads and all that. I'm kind of an every Joe type dude and I didn't want to go in there and look stupid or feel like I was inept to do it. So that's, that steered me away as well. Life groups can be intimidating. Um, Going in and not knowing anyone, not knowing your audience, not knowing who you will show up next to, um, and then sharing some of the, um, sort of sharing your, your, your mess. It's very, it's a little scary because we're all a little messy. You know, I felt like since I got diagnosed with my cancer and it started progressing, I needed something. And we would go to church and I would listen to the messages and they would always talk about be around your people. And I didn't really understand that meant and what that meant until I said, you know what? I need to give a life group a try. And I'm an open book and I just told everybody my story, what I'm going through. And it was just like, we instantly became family. Basically, I have what they call croteal melanoma. It's eye cancer. And I have one of the more aggressive ones. And I got this back in March of 2017. When I got it, I had two years before it spread. And right on the two years, it spread to my liver. And then uh, we, we've done all the treatment. And now there's no more treatment to do. So I'm technically on hospice. And I'm just waiting for my time. And uh, during that time, that life group, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy, but I've only known those people for what, a, year. a year. But when we went through this, I was going through some of my treatment and I've only known them for two months. Uh, Kathy knit me that. Her mom made you this Ka- this care basket. Yeah, they made were- they made me a care basket for a blanket for me, a quilt to wear during my treatment and all that. It's just they didn't ask any questions. They just they just did, you know. And through the whole time of the life group, I mean, like I said, it's it's another family, and I know I know they're going to be there when I do leave this world. They'll be there for my wife, and that's comforting for me. Took me a few times, a few prayers, um, some consistency of just showing up because I promised I wanted to turn and run. Um, But what I found was probably lifelong friendships. We've had a lot of celebration. Um, We've had births of grandbabies. Um, We've had phone calls. We've had, um, obviously, other people have had, you know, tragedies in their family. But what we've had was a friendship that goes beyond um, all of this mess. And um, they give me an opportunity to just get to be a friend, um, get to cry, sometimes just a hug, sometimes to ignore it all. Um, 
they've they've been amazing. It wasn't about just learning a lesson. It was about where we were in life, and we shared some of those fun times, right. some was, of those not so fun times. It was a good, healthy fellowship. I mean, we just had great fun. And I, and I truly believe we all needed each other. It just, like I said, it came full circle. I really believe that. And I think as time as time went, um, I was able to open up. Some of it was one-on-one, um, where I started small with maybe one individual. Then I moved to a second person, and then I could open up freely with a larger group, just because. Um, and it wasn't that I felt like any one of them judged me. It, it wasn't that. It was that um, I had to be okay with sharing. Right. And one funny thing is, is when we chose the life group, I didn't. I wanted one, so I just told her to pick one. I didn't realize she picked a marriage one. And so here I'm thinking, well, I'm doing a marriage life group, and I'm getting ready. I'm supposedly getting ready to pass away, and so I'm working on my marriage. But you know, it it, it all it all worked out. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you were trying to strengthen our marriage. Yes, I need to strengthen. <laughs> I wish that I didn't wait till the last minute to do this life group because where would I be if I would have done it 10 years ago? And, you know, you can make all the excuses in the world you want, but bottom line, it's, you know, one of the messages we've gotten in church is being around good people. Surround yourself with good Good people. people. And that's what we did with the life group. And I'm not saying that there's not good people elsewhere outside of church, but they're all going they're all trying to get the same direction where we want to go and that's to be closer with god i understand what creekwood means now i understand what they're trying to get the the message across to me is you got to be around good people now creekwood makes sense to me i could sit there and say i need brad every day i need this person to call me every day but you know what i got my mini family with my life group now They'll take my call anytime. They always are checking on me. I think one of the things that um, I would say more than anything is try it on. Try your shoes on. You're you're not if it doesn't fit, you try it on. You wear them a few days. You may not go back. Right. Um, but try more than one out. Do yourself a favor. Find your people. Find your people. Come on, you can do better than that. I love um, Joe and Cody, and, and I'm so grateful for them and, and their heart to be able to share uh, what is a very, very difficult time. And um, I know they were in the last service, and I just say thank you, Joe, Cody, and you guys are incredible. And I love what, I love what Joe said. Joe said, Creekwood finally makes sense to me now. I think that's so funny. Uh, you know, and I'm like, because it still doesn't make sense to me. No, I'm just, but, but I'm like, Creekwood finally makes sense to me. And he said that. And he said, I understand what Creekwood means when they talk about finding your people. 
And it's really not what Creekwood has been saying, but it's been what God has been saying all along. How many of you know that God created us not to live life alone and isolated, but he created us to live life in community with other people. And I'm gonna tell you right now, your job is not to find your purpose, your job is to find your people and it will change your life if you will find your people. So cat out of the bag today, you need to find your people. So I don't know who I'm speaking to today, But God has created us as relational beings, and we are more isolated and alone than ever before. And I want to give you a a definition um, that I think is the best definition of a friend out of Proverbs 17, 17. It says, a friend loves at all times and as a brother is born for a time of adversity. What would it look like if you had someone in your life that they loved you at all times? I'm not talking about when it's convenient at, at 5.30 when you get off work. I'm talking about the, the one that loves you at 2.30 in the morning when you call him because you need him. Do you have a friend like that? I'm talking about one that, that, that is there for you in the midst of adversity. I'm, my question for you is, do you have your people? And as I was thinking about this message, this message is not just for people that are completely isolated and alone. I believe this is for people who we think we have close friends, but when when you really look at your life, I want you to look at, while we're talking about in this message today, I want you to ask yourself, do I really have this type of friendship? The one that loves at all times. The one that's there for a time of adversity. I think this message series that we're in, this little two-week message series called Find Your People, can truly change your life if if you'll... if you'll engage in actually and be, and be intentional about finding your people. Um, and the reason is this. Maybe you've heard this statement, but show me your friends and I will show you your future. You show me your friends and I will show you the direction you're going in your future. And Solomon, the wisest person that ever existed was a king thousands of years ago. He said it similar. He said it like this though. In Proverbs 13, this is what he said. He said, you walk with the wise and you become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. You want to be wise? Walk with the wise. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. And some of you are like, oh crap. Okay. Cause I got some losers. All right. Like maybe that, maybe that's you right now. I don't know. But some of you are like, oh man, my friends aren't that good. All right, a companion of fools suffers harm. Okay, I'm just saying, like, maybe you don't have the wisest friends. But I want you to do this little, little thing with me, and you don't have to write it down, but just mentally think about this. Who are your five closest friends? Who are your five closest friends? Think about it. Just take a second. Think about your cl- five closest friends. I'm not, when I say close, I'm, I'm not talking about your, your spouse, you know, Some of you are like, that's my wife, Elise, all right? I'm not talking about your dog, Duke, okay? I'm not talking about that guy. Uh, I'm talking about a close friend that, man, you could call at at 2 a.m. in the morning that, um, you know, some people call it my ride or die, right? You know, like, who who is that person to you? Who are those five closest friends? Sociologists and leadership experts have said this for years. You are the average of your five closest friends. 
You are the average of your five. So when it comes to your, maybe physically, you're probably, unless you're Pastor Stephen, who's the most yoked man, like he's, he is elite in his five close friends, all right? But, but you are typically the average of your five closest friends. Like you're not the strongest, you're not the weakest. Spiritually, you're probably not the most spiritual of your five closest friends, but you're not the weakest. In your marriage, you're probably somewhere, you don't have the worst, you don't have the best. Financially, you're probably not the wealthiest, but you're probably not the poorest. This is what sociologists have been saying for years. We're in the, so I'm asking you to think about who are your five closest friends? Because here's the problem. According to the American Sociological Review, the average American only has two close friends. And so chances are, when I ask you to think about your five closest friends, you can only think of one or two. Am I right? And this is where we are in our society in America right now. Most of us only have one or two close friends. That same review said 25% of Americans have zero close friends. It's actually worse than you think. Many of us do not have anyone we could call at 2 a.m. in the morning. We don't have someone when we're on the edge of our life and we're about to fall over that you could pull me back. And that's a scary place to be. It's called loneliness. It's called isolation. And God did not intend for you to live life like that. Chris Hodges, a pastor in Birmingham, Alabama, said this in a book that he wrote in It's called Out of the Cave in in the month of May in 2021. But he said this, we've become the loneliest society in human history. From the beginning of time, the reasons humans have succeeded on earth is because they've always banded together. It's only since Western civilization that we've started to isolate. We've become the first people in human history to disband from our tribes. That's how we've always done it. We've always been able to survive. We've always been able to go together because survive because we've been able to be together. And we have, in Western civilization, started to isolate more and more. We become lonelier and lonelier. And that's why when you hear about anxiety and you hear about depression, really it comes out of loneliness. And I read this article. It said that loneliness has the same impact on our life expectancy as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. And the CDC, which has become so popular in the last year, um, I heard a boo. I mean, like literally, I'm not, okay, this is not a COVID conversation, okay? Like I'm not, but this is what CDC said about loneliness. It said in 2020, 25.5% of our young people in America, 18 to 24, 25.5% in 2020 seriously contemplated suicide. And 11% of the rest of us seriously contemplated suicide. And if you want to go COVID, I can go Japan on you. Japan in the month of October had more suicides in 2021 than they had COVID deaths of the entire 2021 in the month of October alone. I'm saying it is its own pandemic. This is its own issue. Loneliness is not a COVID situation. It's not just because we've been asked to social distance. Do you know two decades ago, the average person had six close friends? 
Years before that, they had like nine or 10. I'm saying we see a constant decline. We're seeing loneliness and isolation become an issue over and over again. It's not how God intended for you to live. You don't have to. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 13 says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls down and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will, they will keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. There's something special when we come together. There's something special about how God ordained this thing that when we put two and three together, he said he's in our midst. He said when you, there's something powerful that happens when three strands are not easily broken. I'm telling you, the power is not in me. The power is in we. It's in we. And y'all know, Y'all know the Discovery Channel, right? Like, the, y'all seen all the, with, 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 it's got all the animals, you know what I'm talking about? And, and like, uh, you know, and I love watching the Discovery Channel. I love watching some of these, you know, wildlife kind of channels. Alaskan bush people is actually one of my favorites. That's a side note. Some of you actually know. Okay, y'all are weird too. I'm saying it's so weird. But Discovery Channel is so good. And you know how they got the animals and they're always in a pack and they're always, you know, they got their tribe, right? They're always together and that's how they're safe, you know, and, and try to hit me because I'm an, an elephant and I've got all my friends with me. Come bring yourself, hyena. Come check it out. I can chomp. So what happens though when the one little baby all gets all by itself? What do we do? We're, we're over there going, no, where's your mama? Where's your mom? Like you need your mom right now because you should not be all alone because I already know what's going to happen. It's like we're almost in October, you know, and we're about to, you know, Halloween stuff and all the horror movies are coming out. Y'all know in the horror movies when that idiot goes in the closet all by himself and the music starts playing, you're like, don't do that because bad things are going to happen to you. And that's what it is with that animal, when you see it all alone, you know the hyena is going to take it because it's alone, it's vulnerable. And this is what happens to us spiritually. The enemy loves to get you all alone. The enemy loves to get you isolated. In my own personal experience, I'm telling you, the enemy's greatest destruction in my life has come when I've been alone. And I've been isolated all by myself. You need to find your people. You need to find your protection. You need to find your hope. You need to find your people. And I wanna use something different. I've never used this before. It's a model that's been around really since the 50s. It's called the Jahari window. And businesses have used this model to talk about relationships and talk about our interactions with each other. And I just wanna take a look at these. It's four quadrants. Uh, it'll be on the screen. I'm gonna show you this and you can see these four quadrants. We're going to look at our relationships through the Jahari window. Um, and and I, I looked up, I was like, why is it called the Jahari window? It just felt really weird. Well, really they call it that because there's two guys that created it. It was a guy named Joseph and a guy named Harrington and they put their names together. That's why it's the Jahari window. Okay. And so that, so I want to look at these quadrants and this first quadrant on the top left, it's called the arena. It's the arena. So in other words, this is what you know 
about me and it's what I know about me. It's just public information. It's, it's factual information. And so, for example, um, you may know that I'm a pastor at Creekwood Church. Um, you may know that um, I, I have two teenage boys. If you, if you get on social media, you may know I got a freshman in high school. I got a freshman in college. You may know that I'm married to the most beautiful woman in the world, Elise Levins, okay? Shout out, okay? Um, you don't need to say anything. You can say, ma'am, that'd be weird. Um, you may know that I went to the greatest university on the planet, Texas A&M. I mean, again, it's just factual information. Remember, it's just public factual information. That's all, that's all this is. We're just talking about the facts. Um, but, but at the end of the day, if that's all you know about me, you do not really know me. Because most people will stand, see me standing up here on the stage and they think I'm extroverted. The truth is I'm introverted. Did you know that? He didn't know that. Because that just means I fuel up by being by myself. And I'm just saying, you don't know me if that's all you know about me. And this is the way, the problem is most people's religious experience plays out in the arena. When all you get to see is what's in front of you and there's no real growth that happens in the arena. And Jesus, he, he confronted arena-only religion. I call it arena-only religion. So many people that go to church, they live in the arena-only area of their life. What you see is what you get, and that's all you get to see. Matthew 23, 27, this is what Jesus says. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside of, are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. And I feel like this is so many people. We, we look really good on the outside, but on the inside, we're not well. And I don't know who I'm speaking to today, but I want you to know this. If you want to grow, you have to move beyond the arena only religion. You want to grow, you got to get out of the arena. And I want to, I want to do something with you. Y'all okay to sing today? Huh? Okay. 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 I went to a concert last night and I, my ears are still ringing. So I literally can't hear. Okay. So, uh, but, uh, but I sang and the pro the cool thing last night is I sang and no one could hear me and it was awesome. Okay. So, but now we get to hear you. Okay. So we're going to, y'all remember the TV show cheers. Okay. So uh, if you don't, that was a while back. Pastor Matt does not remember uh, uh, cheers because he's too young, but at the end of the day, we're going to, we're going to sing the theme song. Cause I want to, I want to, I want to point something out in this theme song, right? On the count of three, let's start at one, two, three. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. You want to be where you can see. Give yourself a hand. Who knew y'all could sing? My goodness. I'm about to get uh, uh, Pastor Rachel. Y'all have to do some tryouts. Anyway, uh, but, I, but listen, that, that's the bar scene. But it really should be the church scene. Did you listen to the lyrics? Our troubles are all the same. You want to be where everybody knows your name. God, God, help us. 
God, help us if the church is not this. We get so high and mighty that we forget that there's people that have struggles. They go to the bar just to know that other people are like them. And you'll be received because it's okay to not be okay. And what would it be like if you had a church like that? And that's what I love about Creekwood, where all people, you hear Pastor Stephen say this, all people are welcome. And you're not looked down on because you're going through something. I love that about this place. And you're fooling yourself if you think you don't need to open up to anybody. And that leads me to the second quadrant on the Jahari window. It's called the veil. It's the veil. It's, it's, what, it's what I know about me, but what you don't know about me. It's a veil. It's what you know about you, but you don't let me know about that about you. It's a veil. It's also in some, some models, they call it hidden. In some models, they call it the facade. In some models, they call it mask. But this 2021, this is too soon to be using a mask. Okay, so I'm just saying we're not using the mask in this. I'm just saying we, we're going with veils and hidden and facade. But we've become masters at wearing a veil and only showing the me I want them to see. We've become masters at using a veil. And social media has exaggerated the veil because you, you can now portray an image that's not really you. And so you can get on social media and you can be anything. I mean, I'm just thinking, I'm, look at me, I'm a spiritual guy right now. And I've got my coffee and I've got my, my, my Bible open to 1 Corinthians 13 because it's the chapter on love. And I'm just checking, I look, check it out. I'm learning about love. And, and look at me, I'm a spiritual guy. All the while, I have some unconfessed sins and I've got some things going on in my life that I have not confessed to God or anyone else. And it's haunting me inside and I'm struggling inside or... I got it all together, mom. And I got it all figured out. Check it out. Taking my kids to soccer practice. What's up? Y'all hate this like I do where they open their mouth. <laughs> so unnecessary. So fake. No one walks around like that. What's up? <laughs> you don't do that. Why do they do that? I don't know, but they do that. I'm just saying, it's exaggerating my point that they walk around. It's all good. Check it out. Check taking my kids to practice. Room mom. Room mom. Check it out. I got a Halloween party, getting all the supplies for the Halloween party in October. Busy mom. Hashtag, right? Busy mom. Check it out. All the while, the real you doesn't really think you're a good mom. The real you is struggling because... I spend more time thinking about social media when I'm with my kids than actually being present with my kids. The real you is struggling because you haven't confessed some things in your life and it haunts you. And I'm just saying we hide behind a veil all the time social media exaggerates it. The problem is some people are so used to showing their fake self, they don't even know who the real self is anymore. And I cannot make this stuff up, but there is a new TV show out right now called Alter Ego. It's coming out. I mean, that's our society. It's an alter ego. And listen to this. What starts out as a superficial covering becomes a spiritual condition. And now we have a generation that has been so conditioned to filter and put the veil on and hide that we do not know how to open up. And it's killing us. 
and we are an isolated society and it looks like we're not because the average Facebook user has 338 friends, but the truth is you got nobody. And God did not intend for you to live like that. Let me give you a truth bomb. You may impress people through your strengths, but you connect with people through your weaknesses. This is where you connect. It's through your weaknesses, not your strengths. It's through my weaknesses. And if I'm honest with you, I love it when Pastor Stephen comes up here, our lead pastor, and he talks about how he has anxiety sometimes and how he struggles to get up in front of people. And I'm like, oh man, I can connect with that. I can't connect with Pastor Perfect. I can connect with Father Flawed. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. I'm sorry. I had to, no, I, did, I had to because my boys, they, you know, I'm a pastor and I'm their father and my name's Brad. So they walk around the house calling me Father Brad. Okay, it's so dumb. <laughs> you cannot do that. Okay, like you're not allowed to say that. But, but it's, it's true. Like I don't, I can't relate. I can't, I can't get on Team Perfect. I can't do that. But I can get on Team Struggle because the truth is I struggle. And the truth is that I deal with some things that I wish I didn't have to deal with. And the truth is I have some really bad days, but my secret is, and I'm trying to tell you this today, that my secret, and I figured this out, my secret is I got some people in my life that know what I'm going through. It's not about being perfect. It's about you got to find your people. And not everyone needs to know what your struggle is, but someone does because you'll always stay as sick as your secrets. Let that sink in. You will always stay as sick as your secrets. Everyone loves John 3.16, even the sports society. Like, John 3.16, what's up? You know, like everyone, they're throwing up the banner. Everyone knows John 3.16. God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And then we love verse 17. It's so good. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Listen, you know this. You confess your sins to God to get forgiveness. We know this. But what people have forgotten is that how God actually created this thing to be is James 5, 16. Listen to this. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. This is crazy. You confess your sins to God to get forgiveness, but you confess your sins to each other to get healing. Are you sick of being sick? Are you sick of being sick? And I don't know who I'm speaking to today, but some of you, you don't know what your problem is. You have not figured out what your problem is. You've gone to doctors, you've gone to psychologists, sociologists, you've been, you've been to counselors, and I believe in all that. But I'm saying a lot of it, I truly believe is we are an isolated, lonely, therefore depressed, anxiety, and it comes out in your body in different ways. I should know. Don't tell me I haven't been to... 12 neurologists, and I don't know. I'm just telling you, I like it when pastors are real and not fake. And I've learned in my life, it's not about being perfect. And it's okay if you gotta get on some medication to help, but I'm telling you right now, you don't have to stay there. God wants you to be in relationship and you gotta fight for it.
You got to fight for it. And maybe you've opened up before. Maybe this has been a thing you've done before in a previous church or at Creekwood or I don't know, maybe in a, a decade ago and you got hurt. You, you, you did this. You did what I'm saying. You opened up and somehow, some way, it, it, the, the information that you gave, the secrets that you gave have been used and abused. And you made the statement, never again, never again. I will never again get that close. They will always be an arm's length away. They will always look like the Heisman Trophy. You know what I'm talking about? And y'all, y'all keep your, your arm up like this, always, relationally. And I'm telling you right now, I'm sorry that it hurt. And I'm sorry that you have scars. But that doesn't mean you throw out relationships because you had a bad one. It's like going to a church and saying, no, 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 I had a terrible experience over there. I got hurt. I'm never going to church again. This was what God created. Like you don't not go to church. And so you have to understand how important this is. You need each other. The third quadrant is called blind spots. It's the part of my life that I don't know, but you know. It's a blind spot. Like I, I can't see it, but you see it. This is the, the friend in your life that says, you got, you got, hey, you, you got, yeah, it's right, it's like right here. It's like right here. You know what I'm saying? Actually, do I have something? I probably do. Do I have something right here? Anyway, y'all, y'all are like, oh, you got, you got some spinach. It's like right here. You didn't get that. And so it's that, it's that friend. It's that friend that says, you got the biggest booger I've ever seen in your life, in my life. And in anyone's life, in your nose, and you just spoke for 30 minutes. Why didn't anyone tell me before I got up here? And the truth is, I wish all my blind spots were spinach and boogers. <laughs> but my experience is that's, I got some real blind spots that need to get addressed. And I need some people in my life. Last, last time I checked, I don't have eyes in the back of my head. That's why God gave you people. It gave you people to see behind you and look in front of you and get ahead of you because they're 20 years older than you and they already know what it's like to have kids. And what does it look like to actually get around some people that can help you when you've gone through it because you haven't been through that situation before. He wanted to put people around you for your healing, for your purpose. Hebrews 3 12 says this, see to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful and unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily as long as it's called today, as long as it's called today, so that none, none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. I love that the scriptures capitalized the word today. It italicized and it capitalized the word today. And it's communicating that sometimes people are going through something that's so critical that we can't even wait for tomorrow. Like we got to do it today. They're the, they're the ride or die. They're the, they're the 2.30 in the morning. Do you have that person? Because I can't even wait for tomorrow. It's so critical. I need someone right now in my life. And I was talking to a pastor friend of mine the other day. And he, he just celebrated his three-year anniversary as a church. And he, he was, I was on the phone with him. And it was so awesome. And then I asked how his family was doing. And the conversation got dark. He started telling me about his two teenage girls and how one of them had ODD and ADD. I hadn't even heard of ODD. And he, she had both of those and she had to be taken out of school. And then the other daughter got pregnant and 
so they just found out that the child has a rare disease and chances are it will not even make it to birth. And if this child is born, there's a 10% chance that it, that, uh, there's only a 10% chance of the survival. And if, it's, and if actually it lives, it will be an invalid. And I heard this darkness and the Lord just began to say over me, as I'm listening to this heaviness, he said, you put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You got to learn in, the, in, in, a, in a spirit of heaviness, you got to put it on. You got to put on a garment of praise. He said this for me, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. This is what God was given me for my friend. Greater is he that is in, in me than is he that is in the world. For I am for you. If I am for you, who can be against you? These are the scriptures that God began to give me for my pastor friend. And I said to him, as he was speaking, I like put a stop to everything we're saying. And I said, I'm not, this is what the Lord said to tell you. I am not surprised. I'm still God and I'm in control and it looks bad right now, but you need to know you will come out victorious. And I'm telling you, this guy called me like later on the day, that day and he said, I needed that. And I'm asking you, do you have some friends in your life that can call you out and call you up? that can call you out and say, hey, dude, no, 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 you, what you just said to her, you, you can't say. You can't do it like that. But you also need some friends. Like Pastor Stephen looked at me now 17 years ago and he said, you're gonna make a great pastor. And I said, you're crazy and you're smoking crack rock. Because <laughs> I wanna make some money one day. <laughs> but he called it out in me. And you need some friends like that in the fourth quadrant, this is the one that everyone's scared of. This is the one that's unknown. In some models, they call it the unknown. I've changed the name from the unknown to potential. It was called the unknown because, because this is what you don't know and it's what I don't know. It's what you don't know about our relationship and it's what I don't know about our relationship. And it's, so it's called the unknown. But what I found out in my life is that I don't have to know as long as, long as God knows. That's good stuff. I don't have to know as long as God knows. I love the fourth quadrant because it's about potential. You know what potential is. Back in the old day in physics, y'all remember this in high school? When you go up, the, the, the roller coaster goes up, up, up. It's all just potential energy. It's all just potential. And it's at the top. When it's about to go over, it's 100% potential. And it turns to power and kinetic energy when it's going downhill. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And I'm telling you, that's what I love about potential. That's what I love about potential. And God has shown me more and more that he has more for me, that he has more for this church, that he has more for you. And I felt like the Lord was on that word right there. He's got more for you. And listen, Ephesians 3.20 says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more. You can't measure it. You can't count it. That's how much more. You can't put it in your notes because it's immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Brad, how do I get this potential? How do I get this power? What does it look like to get this? And this is my experience. The work God wants to do in you is directly related to the people in your life. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. 
Some of you are like, oh no, I don't have good friends. You need to be intentional right now then. You better be intentional. So many times I found myself over the years asking, what is my purpose? What is my purpose? Why has God put me on this planet? And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, quit trying to find your purpose. Your job is not to find your purpose. Your job is to find your people. I found my purpose when I found my people. See, Creekwood started in 2004. But do you know in 2003, it was unknown? 2003, I didn't know about it. And you didn't know about it. It was unknown. 2003, we didn't have middle ground. We didn't have kids ministry. We didn't have critters. We didn't have no 930 service. We didn't have an 11 o'clock service. We, are, we didn't have a parent resource night. We didn't have a future West campus. We didn't have, it was all unknown, but it was not unknown to God. It was known, it was known. And therefore, if it's known to God, there is potential. And in 2004, that potential translated to power when three families came together into the unknown. And I asked this week and they said 4,018 people have accepted Jesus Christ since we started in 2004. <laughs> found my people when I found my purpose and I get excited about the future because it is the unknown and a lot of people are scared about the unknown, but I love this part because if, as long as God knows, here's what I say. You give me my God and you give me my people, I promise you that's where purpose will be and God's best for my life. And I'm gonna pray for you, but I'm gonna say in every quadrant of your life, you need God and you need to find your people. It's the answer. Joe Bradish found his people. I want you to get it like Joe got it. Right where you're at, let me, let me pray for you. Lord, I lift up every family that's in this place, God. I pray against loneliness and isolation in this house, Lord. I believe it's all over Mansfield. I believe it's loneliness, depression, anxiety. It's all over this city and this community. And it's the hidden one. It's the one that no one can see. It's the one that no one understands, only you. And so God, I pray that you would heal, that you would mend, but we got work to do. And so I pray for those that are struggling with this, that they will take a step, that they will take a step, that they will take a step, that they will go forward in this, God. And I pray, God, as they, they, as they get new friends and find new friends and become a friend to someone else, God, that, that will be part of their healing, God. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Thanks for listening. If you like the content of this podcast, you're going to love our YouTube channel. Subscribe at youtube.com slash for video messages and full services uploaded weekly.